I'm not. Are you? No. How you been? Good, Nick. How are you? Oh, we're thriving over here. It's it's the heat of Black Friday, so it's staying busy, but can't complain. I, what did it begin Monday for you guys? Began Monday on the twenty second, and it ends on the twelfth of December. Okay, this should be live by then. <laughs> there you go. So, 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 what are the details of that? Really, by the way, O thirty four Motorsport. In case that's not right, maybe maybe I should enter. Hi, I'm Nick Mercadante, the marketing manager at O thirty four Motorsport. Um, been with the company for a little under five years now, and I'm excited to talk about random Audis and and anything that yeah. we've. Uh, that got coming up as well as some of the stuff we've done recently with our rs5 and sq yeah, yeah so black friday sale yeah uh it's 50 percent off select items stuff that we have a lot of inventory of um and you know these are some highline stuff for a lot of cars not just like a random nut and bolt here and there um it's 20 percent off select tunes and exhaust systems uh, and then 10 percent off everything store-wide uh, there's some apparel and stickers and swag that exists at around 30% off in between there as well. So plenty of stuff for pretty much everybody. Oh, thanks. Yeah. All, of them. All right. So, so back to you, because I think we started there, right? Like that's right. your, your uh, marketing manager at Sierra 34. How long have you been there? I started here in June of 2018. So I think that would be four and a half years now. And it's, and it's technically, I just want to make sure I'm saying it correctly too. It's 034, not 034, which I think oh, I did earlier. Mostly correct. 034. We, we go for 034. Yeah. But we'll, we'll take 034. As long as it's a zero, not an O, I think. We're no, I, I'd rather, I'm literally like, I just switched over from uh, this day before Thanksgiving. I just switched over from like writing my column for the magazine. Mm. And I was, I was kind of bagging on like, uh, uh, like not bagging on, I don't want to be that guy, but like, but like, I hate it when people get things wrong. Right. So like, like all the, this is about Audi tradition, right? So people always say Audi traditions and it's like, no, no, it's, it's right. singular. So, so I'd rather get it correct. So zero, three, four, I'm now. Educated. There you go. Our, our thought is that. you don't go O to 60, you go zero to 60. So nice. Yeah. So yeah, I've been company for four and a half years and through, through a variety of different positions. Trying to do the math. I'm not going to, I know we, we spoke about age briefly at SEMA. Did you, did you start at zero three, four, or were you somewhere prior that was, or was not auto industry? Um, I was at a few companies that were not automotive industry prior to this. Um, nothing, cool. um, nothing as I would say, engaging or passionate as, as being at zero three, four in the automotive industry. But but genuine car nerd, right? I think we've had, and not just Audi. Right. Um, we've we've I, gone I down the rabbit hole of uh, a few various cars now and again. Yeah. 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 Well, I I, I know we talked B three at SEMA. I think you were looking for one. Right. And they're hard to find. Yeah, I I had a B three Audi ninety in two thousand seventeen, and prior to working at Zero Three Four, it's actually how I started to buy more zero three, four parts. Um, and that got liquidated for a 95 C4 uh, S6 Avant. 
Um, and since then, I've wanted to go back into V3 for no good reason other than just passion. Well, you're at the right company too. I think Shabbat was doing the B3 thing, even like going into five cylinder, you think like a lot of, yeah, right. There you go. But, but uh, like going into the five cylinder world, like, yeah, I guess it's easy to like build an Quattro and get noticed, but like zero three, four was like doing that with that, that red B3. Exactly. Uh, yeah. 80, like ever. Yeah. It was project 80 TQ. There's another one up on the wall over there. Uh, I think that, that was what started zero three, four. We right, right. Zero three four is the first three digits of every old five cylinder car company. So right, we are the motorsport company of those types of cars back. Which is which is pretty rad. Yeah, but, yeah it's pretty good. But B three is hard to find. So I think what we what we I looked. I'll tell you, we did a t shirt a couple years ago for like Audi collection that was like called it the Instagram shirt. It had like every generation of B car, right? Like B one, B two to like B ten, B nine, B tens, and I. And so um. So it was three by three and the one car I had, it was impossible to get one to get photography because we wanted to do the same angle in each car. It was impossible to even find a B3 was, you know, I, like, I don't know if they're just all, I don't know what happened. It's well, any of them that are enthusiast on seem to all end up with a B4 front end conversion with it, you know, six yeah. months for, because you can't fit an intercooler behind the B3 bumper. Right. Not easily at least. All right. But no, I, I have a soft spot for the, the dumb, frumpy-looking B3 front end. I think that went around, right? Like, the that happens, right? Where, like, things go from, like, they look dated and see, like, oh, the newer one's cooler. And then, right. right? And then who was it that, who did the body kit that, like, Scotto has on his coupe that, like... It wasn't Cool Wheels. It was, um... Like, oh, I should totally notice Totally missed that, but yes, that that body kit for the coupe looks fantastic. Yeah, but the, but when they went because it's coupe quattro, right? So when they went that, but actually because they're in Germany, probably more coupes over there with the B four front end, none of the B three, and like they went with that kind of straight grill, kind of sport quattro looking almost. Like I was kind of, at that point, I was like, yeah, okay, B three is probably the. Yeah, I, I I don't again. I can't figure out why I would stray back towards B three, but there's you know there's a few things about that car that were different to the B four in the back that. There was the shaping of the trunk and and uh, the rear yeah. spoiler on it that was just a little different on B three to B four. Maybe it's just yeah. I had a B three that I go that way. Well, well, I'm gonna have to find you one whenever you're ready. But I, yeah. I, I'm not a one trick pony, and right, obviously it's a podcast for Audi Club, so I guess maybe it is. But like I saw you just picked up, it looks pretty rad, and it's also. Um, and we probably will have to cut this out. Well, beyond Javad, we don't want the state of California coming after you either. So <laughs> all this comes out. Yeah, I think it's gotta go. But. <laughs> All right, rewind. So nowadays, though, you have the SQ5. Yeah. yeah. So I actually started my Audi journey with a 2009, which would be 8P A3 oh. facelift. So it had the two-liter uh, Gen 1 TSI in it, but DSG Quattro. So it was like a weird mix between a Mark 6 GTI and like an R32. I it's love kind it. of a that's a hard find car. Like that's not. Yeah. And at the day, rad. in the day, that was a hard find as well. Um, you know, I, I found it quickly because I purchased it for my mother. Um, okay. But it, it uh, that was the first venture into that world. And, you know, a friend of mine had a Mark V GTI. So the moment I got to drive that once, it was pretty clear that I was going to go in this Volkswagen Audi direction on the PQ35 chassis. And went from the A3 into a Mark VI GTI. From there, got the 90, um, 
then into the Rose 6 Avant and kind of stayed in the old small chassis stuff for a while. Um, actually went back to a Mark V R32 for a daily driver for like a year and then moved into the 2018 SQ5. And that thing is just fantastic. So since, since we picked that up in 2020, um, we've started to just slowly but surely work through the mods that one might want to do to that car. Because out of the box, it was a surprisingly good car. Uh, yeah. in, in pretty much every way, but obviously there was room for improvement. Um, and I just remember the process of us uh, trying the next sway bar component or, or trying the, the first tune that we developed for the three liter platform in general on that car uh, and, and taking it through that development process and just seeing that change day to day to day. And it wasn't until last week that I actually got to experience a stock B9 again. Uh, and, you know, I iteratively modified the car through our development process. So it's just slowly but surely walked up to another stage. Yeah. Feeling that night and day difference, you know, and day. Really? So, so you, so walk me through this. You, you get a, 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 it sounds like a cool perk. If you guys are testing some sort of B9 or SQ5 component, it goes onto your car to try it out. It tends to, that tends to be how it goes. And, you know, there's always the joke in the live stream that if it's a B9 SQ5 part question, it's me and seven of my other accounts just feeding them <laughs> in. But, uh, yeah. We noticed a surprising amount of demand the moment we talked about them. Uh, yeah. There is a, a unique buyer group of those cars that are coming about that want the sportiness of an S4, but need the utility of some of that space. And since Audi won't sell us an S4 Avant, SQ5. Uh, yeah. And, and as that market started to evolve, we used the SQ5 as a test bed. You know, what, what can we make for this car that fits and works uh, within our platform ethos of, of modification, you know, substance performance? Um, and, and see how people like it. And just slowly, each time we release something, it was an immediate chomping at the bit. This is perfect, love it, happy to continue forward. And that just gave us more confidence to move into that market further. And, and now it's, you know, competing with S5 product sales and things like that. It's, is it really? It's crazy. Yeah, there, there is a, a much higher demand for these crossover SUVs well, than I think. The volume of cars, right? Like is, is just, it's hard to deny the old man in me that like likes Avance or likes Sportback, like put me in either the S5 Sportback or the All Road or A4 or whatever. I'd rather have that than the SUV. At least that's what I keep telling myself. But like, I don't know, I, I may be coming around. But then regardless, the, the sales speak for themselves. And like Q5, SQ5 is like very, like very, they introduced it. I forget what year they introduced the V8 and like very quickly became the top selling car in the US or for the Audi, right? Now, it's a build it and they will come type situation as well, as yeah. you don't know how many wagons we sell in the US if you don't build them. Uh, I'd be right. curious to see what the A6 Avant or all road sales end up being after, you know, a few years of supply really exists. Uh, yeah. But it definitely fit into a market of customers that were underserved. You know, I, I look at it and drive it now as a big Golf R. It, it gives me that. Totally. Yeah. That usability and, and kind of all round capability in a comfortable and luxurious package that's that's hard to beat that's hard no i i think that's it's funny right like when you we first got our my wife's got an e-tron and when we first got our e-tron i lowered it and i went down to headquarters and i ran into a friend of mine who's a product manager and he's like why would you do that to that thing and i was like because it's it's like a big gti now right like it's big he's like no no 
it needs for market perception, right? It really yeah. ought to be an SUV because that's what people buy. People don't want to buy a small hatchback. I mean, whatever. It's a it's a unibody five door <laughs> German tuned car, right? Like so, well, you know, like as a as a German car enthusiast, I I think more highly of the GTI than I do of some big you know wallowy SUV. But like that's precisely what it is. Totally. Yeah, and and I I I came in as a Volkswagen enthusiast more so. Like my A3, I started enjoying the car, but really dove into being an enthusiast with my GTI. And I noticed a trend in right around 2017 where all these golf R owners traded up to an SQ5 because they? they needed something for their second kid coming along, or yeah. something that could haul their boat to the to the uh, to the slip down by their house, something like that. But they wanted that same look feel experience and yeah yeah, that's what first put it on the radar for me i wonder if like proportionally i'm gonna have to look that up at some point but like you know because the gti you look that that mark 5 era right mark 5 mark 6 and the the a3 that was there and that sportback was was more of an avant kind of a shorter one yeah. but like well it was, it was a height. wagon technically because it was c pillar they they gave it the window in that back, oh, right right that quarter yeah, so yeah. c and d pillar yeah. okay then then there you go right it's a little it's a little whatever it is they call the sport back which is a challenge because not like the a7 or the yeah, right no. you know but but anyway i digress it's 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 like it had a more aggressive lower roof line than the gt the golf has always been this sort of like upright kind of like box thing right and and so like when you have these crossovers i proportionally i think they're they're you know especially a shorter wheelbase one like the q5 it's more of a hot hatch I, he's yeah. probably my friend if he's listening at all to this <laughs> it's probably like don't stop saying that <laughs> right just stop now but yeah but, but they give it features that make it drive like a sports car again you you put a sport differential in the back of the car where when you're in a corner you can feel it vectoring the torque to the outside totally. wheel you know when we're getting into the power levels that we're adding into these cars the car will step out like that's not just your general SUV family hauler. This is something that is capable on both sides. So, so I've taken the SQ5 around Laguna Seca, around Willow Springs Raceway, mountain roads, and and then commute with a you know a trailer on the back. I've towed up to a you know up to the factory uh, allowed weight limit trailer for yeah. many many thousands of miles, uh, all all without a hiccup. So you, that car in each one of those instances performs much better than it should be. And, and right. certainly some of the mods that we've done have helped it. The, the wider tires on our 21 inch wheels gives it much better grip. The sway bars okay. are much more stable. So uh, walk me through, what are all the mods on the car? If you, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you have a list in front of you, but I, I don't fit in my car. So of course yeah. I'm going yeah. to know it. Um, so that car is relatively low in modification amount, um, but the overall results is, is significant. So it is on the tuning side. Uh, it was stage one and you know stage two for a little while. Currently, it's running a upgraded hybrid turbocharger. So that means the factory turbocharger is modified to fit a larger internal uh, than the factory turbo. So while the outside of the casing looks OEM, Inside of it is a larger turbocharger overall, um, but that bolts into the factory location. So you don't need to do any crazy fabrication or customization work there, it just drops it. Uh, so it's running a TTE 710 turbo, that's the turbo engineers out of Germany, um, with our X34 carbon fiber intake and inlet uh, on our air ride drop links. So the lowering link to lower the car down. Okay. Uh, with our front and rear sway bar package. 
for that car. It's like 32 millimeter rear bar and 30 millimeter front bar. Um, okay. Quite large vehicle. Uh, yeah. Installed with that is one of our ZTF 01 forged wheels. It's a 21 by 10 and it fits 295s on all four corners with the PS4Ss. Uh, and then along with that is the drivetrain inserts that we make to add more rigidity to the driveline and you know, handle some of that power a bit better as well. Um, but that's about it. You know, there's little bits and bobs here and there, like yeah. a, a resonator delete kit and uh, engine mount upgrades, but it's, it's a relatively simply modified vehicle that makes 600 all-wheel horsepower. So pretty drivable day-to-day. -day. Like if somebody were getting in it who weren't like, you know, tuner car. Yeah. Friend, yeah you know. So my my girlfriend prefers that car. She she daily yeah. drives it when you know I, I leave it at home and, and take something else random. Um, but it's it it drives like an OEM car. That's that's the philosophy that we have behind our tuning and any hardware right. add is we want especially a car that's designed to be so multi-purpose to retain its multi-purpose capabilities and not be offensive in one area or another. Um, you know, not too loud, harsh, or, or brash, and then also in the same vein not too plush, not too um, wallowy. So I, I think we found a really nice mid balance there. Um, I actually loaned the car to my uh, elderly parents for a weekend while I was out of town and they didn't know it was modified. Oh yeah. Within, within their driving scope, they didn't notice. Right. So I think that, that's, that's perfect in my mind. That, that's the magic, right? Like I, I, I wrestle with, it's cool having like an edgy car, I guess. Right. Like yeah. I, I'm not against it if you have that luxury, but like, yeah, if I can, if, if friends of mine and most notably my wife, who's like, she entertains my hobby, right? nice. but she's not like, she's not like, Oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. Right. So like, so, so if I can do it and she doesn't really notice, then, then that to me is success because I've improved it, but I've not made it harsh or worse by measure of somebody who's not appreciative of, hardcore exactly and and that's so many of the buyers like the the biggest joke is that you know it's the wife's car uh for yeah. the sp5 or you know it's um the the family designated hauler that has to take kids to school in the morning and the afternoon yeah but how fast you can then get back from school is entirely uh where we then come into play and and you have to kind of keep that duality um, so it, it's definitely satisfying to you know, give the car to someone and, and have them drive it afterwards, not notice the change because it's not their place or market. Um, right. And the enthusiast that gets behind the wheel knows immediately, well, there's, okay. the bones are here for some good times, for sure. So, so you went from, uh, you went from, you stepped it up to that over a certain point. You said you just recently drove a stock SQ5? Yes, I did. I, I drove a stock SQ5 last week just for a couple of miles. It was here in service and the, the guy wanted to talk to me about some of the mods that I did. So I gave him a ride in my car uh, and asked, could I drive yours just to, to benchmark change? And uh, yeah. it, it blew my mind. Uh, I, right. I, it's, a, it's an easy thing to forget the power that we've added back into it. And I think it was mainly the power that was most shocking. Uh, right. Is just the power band that we've added in. We're jumping, the, we're doubling the factory horsepower on these vehicles. Uh, all, all safely and, and within the realm of operational window that these cars have, but the delivery of the power, the the broadness of the power is so vastly different from stock, and it's just crazy to think that that's available to be unlocked with little. Yeah, you know, 
on a, on a stage one tune itself, no other modification changes. There's 90 horsepower on the table. And, and that's sure. just fascinating. So that's uh, where you at power-wise then on the car. So this car is making at the crank, and these will be the numbers that most people are benchmarking their stock car to. Uh, sure. Is 720 crank horsepower and 720 crank torque. At the wheels, that works out to be around 600 wheel horsepower and wheel torque. Uh, variances between dynos and tire size will all, you know, plus or minus 10, 20 here. And there. Yeah. But that's that's about where that falls into play. And, and, and for comparison's sake, a stock SQ5 is 350 at the crank as advertised. Uh, and I want to say, do we know where RS5 is stock? Uh, as advertised? I yeah. want to say 600. But is it RS5? Because I thought RS6 oh, is like, sorry, sorry. RS6 is 590. You're right. You know, RS5 is 450. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. It, yeah, it, it's well above. So, so and, and that's that's obviously on the higher end because of the upgraded turbocharger. So with the right. stock turbo tuning that we can offer, I mean, you're, you're getting up to 550 horsepower and 600 foot pounds of torque. Because uh, it's still very torquey, uh, turbocharger size at the right. level. Is it really? Uh, but the power band is a bit different because it's a smaller turbo. So the, even just stage one tune, is that anything else that you're talking about? Just stage one tune on this car? Stage one tune. Yeah, I, I actually spent the majority of miles of stage one because it was through the time while we were developing the software. I, I put 35,000 miles on stage one in just about a year uh, and, and got to live with that setup. And, and for 95% of people who are looking to modify their car, that is a perfect level of power add. It, it doesn't yeah. bring into any concerns of emissions or, or overall reliability and, and fuel efficiency, um, but you get all of the power when you want it. And, and it's, it's fantastic at that level. You can step it up further as most of us that like to modify it like we would, but for right. the all around use where you're putting as little money in as necessary to get a really solid result that is incredible and that's basically rsq5 right the audi hasn't built but but that's that power and with the sq5 port, sport pack or with the sq5 package you've got sport diff you've got like it's it's a pretty i don't know sometimes i wonder where s's fit like in the whole a to rs kind of spectrum they can so go like back and forth because the sq5 is yeah. And that and that just right. brings it up three tiers of class level just, just right. in that alone. The 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 static suspension on the S4 and S5 is really, really good. Uh, yeah. the air ride just for the, the variation in oh, okay, it's bad weather, let me air up and get through the snow. And I want right. to be a little more race car today, so I'm gonna air down 20 millimeters and dude car the, and the hitch too. I think that's where like so we have a the other car in our house is an RS6, and the RS6 is cool, like I love the car yeah. but but like part of me that like where i was saying earlier how i'm like kind of the wagon or sport back person in my life like at the same time like man art like the q8 the rsq8 right in that space same basically same performance yet you have the hitch and you can tow and you know well they both have air suspension right but regardless you can you have that flexibility that like man it's kind of it's hard to deny. And the fact that the SQ5 is so built, I still don't know why they never built an RSQ5, but I guess that's... The market's there. And you can, you can look over to Mercedes and look over to BMW to see that, you know, their X3M comps and their... Uh, right. Whatever the GLB or 
I'm, I'm not a Mercedes guy, so I'm, I'm going to butcher which whatever one is the right comparable yeah. one. They've all yeah. got V8 options. They've all got big twin turbo V or straight six options. The, there is the demand for for that daily driver usable um, SUV that that can both compete in legitimate racing uh, and yeah. and day-to-day street use. And, and that's where we kind of come in to build that segment for the end user. Um, you know, I think the aftermarket is pretty generally looked at as a, you know, from, from your, your classic consumer, a little scary. Is this going right. to ruin my warranty? Is this going to ruin my maintenance? Yeah. Am I going to worry about the car on the day-to-day? I just want to get it and start it. It needs to work every day. And I think as these cars have gotten more technologically advanced and as companies like ourselves have pushed things further, we can implement those upgrades and, and enhancements without detracting from those reliability and comfort standpoints and really make the car that Audi doesn't make at this moment. Uh, yeah. I'd love for them to make an RSQ5 because I'm sure we'd find meat on the bone to do even further, like we have with right. our own RS5. Um, but until then, we'll continue to make some products that, you that help us. You can put one together. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so that car in its current configuration with everything inside of it has done a, a 10.95 at 126 miles an hour in the quarter mile, which not many folks are quarter mile folks, but you know you can think back to Fast and the Furious in 2000, whatever, uh, and right. they're arguing about giving them a 10 second car. I don't think anyone exper- or expected a 10 second car to be your family SUV that you're listening to your podcast and telling a trailer behind. Uh, right. The, the the perception of a 10 second car has changed uh, drastically with the is there it, i know like for the five cylinder guys there's like a very active like enthusiast community that keeps track of numbers and records etc like is there is there one for sq fives and if so where do you rank there is um so for the sq5 community and the b9 community as a whole so the chassis yeah. is kind of where everyone interacts since there's so much similarity between the sq5 the s4 and s5 on a component and hardware level uh and software level actually um, yeah a lot of that transfers over so people end up all kind of engaging together so the my sq5 has been with the help of all of the developments we've been doing here kind of the front runner mainly because most people weren't pushing an sq5 to start right right or documenting it you know 98 percent of people are going to flash it and really enjoy the car. Uh, yeah they're they're not going to go record the number now we're recording the number for development testing reasons, but also just kind of fun. Uh, right. And it was, it's still currently the fastest, actually it's not anymore. There's been another gentleman who's, who's been really getting after it in their SQ5, taking the interior out, putting, you know, racing yeah. slicks and a racing seat in there, but it, it was the fastest stock turbo car and the fastest uh, hybrid turbo car for a couple of years in full, you know, street trim in street conditions there's a well, I, th- I think that's the thing right like like to be fair on the people who are really serious like about making those like logging those numbers is to be the, the fastest and have those bragging rights look at what the five cylinder community does you're you're getting very serious about removing yeah. the interior bringing down the weight as much as possible the car is not while it's a street legal car then at that point probably it's it's not a very drivable daily like you said your parents are borrowing this car and not noticing that it's modded and and it has a full interior it's it's basically a daily and that's a very it's a very different thing than like something prepped for the and i think that's 
what we tend to target. You know, we want the performance to be there in the condition that 95% of people are going to use the car for. Um, yeah. Now, to be fair to folks that prep the cars, yes, it takes about 30, 45 minutes to put it into a, a 300 pound lighter situation. You know, the seats come out quickly, tires bolt or wheels bolt on quickly. So it doesn't take long to convert stuff over. And, and we definitely support all the folks that want to get out yeah, yeah. and really push it further. But I'm not. I'm not digging on it. Hopefully, like I'm sure somebody's gonna somebody's always offended, right? That I'm not I'm not digging on that so much as like it's almost like a different thing, right? Like 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 street weight versus like prepped. Yeah, and, and that that exists in the aftermarket community too. A lot of the community will ask, "Great time now, do it full weight and tell me what it is," and then vice yeah. versa. Great full weight time. Let me know when you pull stuff out and you know what does it run from there. I've been more dedicated towards doing the full weight times and, and that's generally where we uh kind of focus our efforts and energy to now in some cars we've taken the interior out and we'll list everything that it is and uh weigh all the pieces that are involved that we remove for scientific sake sake but for the most part it's a it's a 30 minute to take the seat out real fast i want to i want to go from that 10 to a nine uh, yeah and, and usually it's if you're on the cusp of the time that you're really looking for, that's when you start to get a little hungry for some of those weight reduction. Models. Right. But, you know, we incorporate that stuff into some of our products as it is, you know, our two piece brake rotors, which fix the Audi issue that I, if anyone from Audi is watching or listening, maybe don't fix this because it's been a great product line <laughs> for us, but uh, directional rotors being the correct direction on both sides of the vehicle is, is hmm. kind of an important thing. And, no S or RS car at this moment manages to do that. Really? <laughs> uh, it's been an issue since the HJT TRS and the Mark One R8. And you go look at them today. The I believe it's the passenger side is incorrectly veined, whereas the driver's side is correctly veined for left-hand drive cars. Standardized there. Uh, right. But you know, we make a two-piece rotor kit that drops five pounds of rotational mass on each corner. So you get some weight reduction there. And rotational weight reduction is huge for, for cars to go faster as well. And they're correct for the side. Correct for the side to actually cool as it's supposed to in, in high yeah. high intensity uses. And while most people aren't taking their SQ5 around a racetrack, I have and kind of confirm it's it's helpful when, when you're yeah. Uh, and I do want to talk about that for a second because there was no more of a confusing day for not only myself, everyone at the company, and everyone attending the track day than seeing an SQ5 do a high 140 minute lap time uh at Laguna Seca passing you know relatively well prepped cars on the track uh in, in one of the the days out of Willow Springs uh our test driver Gary Sheehan managed to pass two full arrow like weight stripped caged cars on the outside of a corner at 150 miles an hour two in the SQ5 and I think that just speaks to the ridiculousness of the duality of these things. Now, no one's doing this, you know, five, yeah. five people total. But ironically enough, as we've done this more, we've seen more SQ5 show up at the track near us specifically. So there's, there's two other SQ5 guys locally that'll go out to Laguna Seca and have a good time, partly because they now see they can do it. It's yeah. Just, it's just fantastic. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. So there is a lot of performance in these cars in, in many states. In the aftermarket community for B9, similar to the previous chassis of B8 is burgeoning even more as there's more developments and more advancements in, in the aftermarket community or aftermarket problems. Yeah. That's funny, dude. That, your, your track experience, that was that your car that he did that in? Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I was too afraid to drive it yeah. myself the first day. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't need to be the guy. Let's right. put the racing driver put in the ringer in. that shakes out. And, and after the first yeah. day, it was pretty evident. Like, oh, no, this does it. It, it does yeah. it. Kind of reminds me of like we, we have a story in the mag coming to I just said it yesterday that um uh, one of our writers did about the we got like a four parter on the Trans Am series when they when they first kind of came back to road racing after rally right and like the same thing there when they get to Trans Am it's like you have all these track prep cars of like more traditional you know track expectations and then you throw these big two hundreds out there and they're same thing like passing yeah. on the outside have all this grip and all this power and um. Yeah, I, th- that sport tip is a pretty magical thing too. Like I, I keep forgetting that that's like here. I've had it in the wet. You know, I live in the Northeast, right? So like having it in the snow and in the wet. Yeah, okay. It's it. You totally see what it does. But I, I'd be. I, that sounds like it, it's probably a, a real experience. Like having enough power to actually break that car loose. Yeah. Not with ease, but with relative ease, right? And then co- totally controlled at the same time. Yeah, and and that's one of those things that in a factory form, the sport diff is there and. If you were, you know, a really acute driver, you could probably notice it with great effect. I think the majority of folks aren't going to notice the significance of it in a stock car, especially on stock yeah. tires. But yeah. as, as you apply a little more power where the torque is vectoring is getting more and more and more, uh, you start to see it pretty quickly that there is a significant change in, in yeah, how this car handles. I'll tell you, to me, this sport tip was a funny thing, right? Because it comes out, and, and for those anybody listening doesn't know it's a sport differential at Audi is like a a rear uh uh what like a multi-plate clutch kind of differential right and it's computer controlled much like a hold all-wheel drive system center diff and and so what it's going to do is it's it's going to um using the same sensors as the uh ESP system it's going to overdrive that outer rear wheel when you get to a, a situation where you want to have uh the cars like let's say an understeer situation right it'll over run that outer rear wheel to kind of bring the tail around and induce oversteer enough to kind of neutralize that understeer and so it's 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 pretty amazing for what it does and in in most circumstances you're not going to notice it in most circumstances it's almost like esp for esp does that with braking at each corner it's a tremendous safety uh piece of safety equipment and and sports differential in normal conditions where you're not trying to like performance drive it's it's more of a an ESP with throttle, so it, the, really the car just literally in the snow, whatever, it just kind of goes where you want it to go, which is right. remarkable. But then you get a performance situation like you're doing, and it's like, oh, okay, you can you can you can induce oversteer, and 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 that sort of neutral handling is surprising for a big SUV with the engine hung out over the nose, and you know people are not expecting it. Yeah, and, and you do notice it. You know, I notice it every day on the on ramp and off ramp. I think that's the yeah. majority of the time where I drive my car spiritedly on the day to day on your yeah. weekend, you go find somewhere, but, uh, I can use 60 miles a day and, and the most spicy amount of part of the day is the on-ramp and the off-ramp. Um, but yeah. even there, you can feel it as you're on throttle, as it, it digs into the apex a bit further, you know, pushing the back around nicely. And then off throttle, since it is a two way, it drags the inside wheel to, to induce more resistance on the inside to bring the car, uh, around further as well. And, you do feel that in both sides, especially if you're enjoying that on-ramp or offer. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating bit of technology, and it's really good to see that get into more cars. You know, I think that's what's changed the RS3 reviews in the last year over previous right. generations RS3. It's the first MQB to have an active rear differential, as I would call yeah. it. You know, something that can legitimately 
put all of the torque that it is having in the rear to one of the other wheels. Effectively the same thing. Yeah. Right. And it's, um, I forgot what they're calling it in the RS. They're not calling it sport differential, but it's like the RS something. R RS uh, differential or something like that. But it's a it's a minorly different unit, which is interesting. Yeah. All, all of the S S chassis car or um, B chassis cars and C chassis cars that have sport diffs are uh, hydraulically clutched uh, units, whereas these are um, like a worm drive. So it's a it's a it's a mechanical servo that is actuating on the rear versus the interesting clutches it's still a clutch pack system a wet clutch but right it's it's uh clamping down via an actual mechanical um component pressing it further versus just clutch pressure uh pushing what's it. what's interesting too is like i don't think so that the rs the new rs3 is they literally programmed it to be it has a drift mode so okay. intentionally where whereas like the these these um sport differential Audis aren't they don't have a drift mode right there. so it's really more right and, and what's interesting though too is like they only ever did that sport diff in longitudinal cars so bcd like the larger cars and they never did it in the the transverse mounted engine cars like the rs3 or the ttrs and now they did this man i wish they had to put that that new rs3 diff in the ttrs yeah, oh my God. that would be that, that nice. would make that car so right. it, it was already a knife edge of a car in terms of precision and capability, yeah. especially with some, some mods on it. Um, if it could just get that rotation in the, from the rear, right. without having to do a very spicy alignment, that would be um, that'd be incredible. It would just be absolutely I, I, I was just on Instagram the other day, and like uh, Matt Farah must have been on. They did an R8 G, the new R8 GT, like right. the, the one that's not out yet, but yeah. they just did a launch in in Spain somewhere, uh, Scari or somewhere, and. And so he went there and the Americans who went there drive there to drive the RHET, but you know, cause he's an enthusiast, he noticed like, Oh, there's a, they have one of those TTRS icons there. So there's some, I, I saw sense. him post that. Yeah, dude. And did you read the comments? I made the mistake of like wandering into the comments people were like, yeah, but it's not like a, you know, is it a, is it a real track car? Like it, it, if you set it up right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but like, no, it's not your, you know, your NA Miata. And I'm sorry about that, but like, right. but it's funny when those arguments come up where it's not a Cayman, like people it's are always like a, it's kind not of a p car it's it's not a gt4 or a gt3 right. but for what it is on the chassis that it was given it is yeah. incredible vehicle i mean we we just recently um we just recently sold our 8s ttrs to a customer of ours actually who was at circuit of the americas this past weekend with it on track you know, oh yeah in the full suite of getup as it's break-in weekend uh yeah and that car has always been within our office just the most uh experiential of vehicles to get on the track with you know we would get a line of people to ride along in that car anytime we were at the track they did really? for for a product and and even without the rear differential being uh, you know a sport or, or drift stuff, right it would still carve into the corner and it would still rotate out cleanly and nicely if you if you had it set up properly yeah uh, and i think a lot of folks just expect a car out of the box to be this thing, but Audi makes a car really good for a certain, you know, broad customer base out of the box. But there's still a lot of meat on the bone to make that personal to you and, and really right. optimize for that extra level of use. And yeah, no, the TTRS out of the box leaves a lot to be desired for some, I think, some use like that. Yeah, but I, I'll tell you that chassis, because I saw a lot of people kind of bag on it, like, oh, it's just a golf or whatever. But like it is, but at the same time, one, golf's a really good car. But two, 
it's also an aluminum space frame with like so it's 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 about as ungolf as you can make the transverse you know the, the mqb and even like a regular tt i had a year and a mark too for a while and even in that it was like it was such a good car low center of gravity tunable like you know i'm sure you guys have a portfolio for all those cars and like it's it's like hatchback a wheel drive amazing year-round thing i don't know yeah it's hard to it's hard to argue with that piece and they made it feel unique inside as well it's the only other audi outside of an r8 that doesn't have a screen right in the center it, right. it is the cluster and that's it it, it was yeah. an engaged driver focused less tech frills more experience the car uh design and and you felt that when driving it yeah there's technical pieces that make it better than a golf it's got 25 mil more track width up front or something like that uh and a bit more caster baked in so it has better dynamic camber and turning nerdy stuff aside they did a good job really optimizing the, the yeah. chassis the golf chassis for that car but with the diff now added in on the mqb evos yeah the new a1 rs3 man the, there's just no comparison there's absolutely no comparison i wonder how hard and that's probably there's probably no room in that chassis to I've already, so there's interesting similarities between the 8Y and the 8VRS3. A lot of the mounting points of the subframe are the same, both dimensionally right. and locationally. Um, the sway bar setups are the same, even though the differential has a different footprint. Um, so you would need to do some trickery to try to swap one, because I know that's where you're going. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that was the first question that everyone has is, can yeah. I that diff in, in an 8V and a half R's, or, or an 8, uh, 8ST TRS? Yeah. but yeah it would be that'd be a very great project for audi to do it right it. yeah yeah there's probably no commercial reason to do it at this point because i think even in germany that car is on borrowed time but man how cool would that be we can dream that that's one of those things we can you know wax philosophically about its potential yeah so what all did you get what all you just you said you guys just sold your ttrs right was that troy's the, it, it started off as Troy's, yeah, um, <laughs> and it, it very quickly became the development car here. Uh, yeah, you know, there a lot of times customer or employee vehicles will turn into a, a development car because it either just doesn't make sense to right. buy that car outright, but it it works mutually. Uh, yeah. That car very specifically was a development vehicle for for zero three four very quickly. Once we knew we needed to go far within that platform, we bought it uh, and and took it through through the depths. And for us, we have to optimize the amount of cars you have. You can't have 23 cars at some point right. say, okay, we've gone far into this car and we've achieved everything that's in our development queue. It's time to liquidate for the next one. And, you know, yeah. our three is landing in a few weeks here. So, you know, getting, getting space for something like that does mean you, know, you, you do need to let something go, but we've rebought cars in the past. We're on our third Mark seven GTI. Uh, right, really? Because we had the first one, developed our first slew of products over three years, sold it, bought a second one two and a half years ago, uh, did the next development that we wanted to do, sold it, and then bought this one a year ago to continue down some more development paths. And we'll we'll see how long we still need it for new developments. And we've done that before and we'll continue to do that. So if there's another piece we want to touch on with a TTRS that we need to have one here for, I'm sure we'll buy it. Yeah. So you say you guys have an RS3 coming in now? A new we have an AYRS3 on order. Um, there are so many similarities to the 8V and a half that we were able to get the majority of development uh, 
achieved by a previous product and it all shaped out to have the balance and fit that we wanted it to be. But there's still right. a few key components that we need the car here to really fine tune and develop like lowering springs and tuning those, those things. The car needs to be here within our control for as long as we need it to uh, properly go through that development pathway. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's been finished, built, hasn't arrived at the port yet. And, and we'll go from there. But we we ordered Kimura Gray because it's the new Narc. Yeah, it is. It's cool looking. Yeah. So we're we're all excited to get that. Yeah. And then we just uh, we picked up a newer S4 2021 B9 and a half S4. Uh, and then is yeah. that much different from B9? I mean, other than the facelift? Um, mechanically, no. Software completely. Uh, Audi changed to an entirely new ECU structure in 2021 okay. and up. Uh, so from a calibration standpoint, it's a, it's a ground up effort. So we need to have one here uh, for simultaneous development for B9 and B9 and hmm. Yeah, they, it's, it, it's the bane of a, of a lot of the tuner existence at the moment. But we got, we're actively, I think, one of the only companies that actually offer product for that ECU and, and one of the only ones that still has a car in-house to do that development on. So uh, we have both B9 and 9.5 across our development cars to make sure that we've got that covered. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Audi, Audi throws curveballs. That's that's part of the the development curve uh, in, in our industry. You got to see what they change for the next year and, and see how we can creatively uh, work with it or, or implement something. So it's not just a, a PI product improvement, right? Like Pete, when I say PI, that's what I mean. It's like yeah. a midlife cycle. So B9 to B9 and a half. So that change might may or may not come at B9 and a half. It might have, could it come? It could come any, anytime. And, and you yeah. know, there was a change from 21 B9 to 22 B9. And, and, you know, late model 22 B9 is a different version of transmission controller than early model 22 B9. Hmm. And that is a different flashing structure. So you might need to work on your, your flashing protocols and developments differently for that. So it's, you, you kind of don't know what's going to be different until the car's there uh, and you get to determine, okay, it's time to, to go about something in a different way. Um, you know, I remember 2017 RS3s had a brake master cylinder uh, bracket support and then 2018s they got rid of it. So the routing of intakes was different on 17s to start and then 18 didn't even do that because there wasn't that bracket in the way. So if you started your development on a 17 car, your intake might look different than an 18 car. So many different little very that's gotta be because you guys are. I mean, I think one of your strengths, right, is that you put out so many products, right? Like you come up with a lot of different products for so many applications, but then you throw the that X factor into it, right? Like we're like Audi kind of goes sideways on you halfway through a production year or whatever. Okay. Um, how do you plan around that or don't you? Is that more reactionary? We'll just deal with it when it comes it, in. It's a bit of both, you know. You as a trend. The, the facelift model years tend to be where those differences exist. So we make it a point to either get early access to a European uh, seven and a half or eight and a half or whatever the new generation half model is, because uh, Europe tends to get them before us. Uh, and then there's that whole other game of European versus US car differences. But we, we plan ahead to know we need to get this new facelift at least in for evaluation, in for 3D scanning, 3D modeling. Right. To, cross-reference and compare or in for product test fit uh, 
and then evaluate from there. If it's a drastically different layout, the car's got to be purchased and we need one. If it's yeah. smooth sailing, then it's confirmation checks. Uh, so that's part of our engineering development process is just making sure that it ages with the platform properly. And like you said, it's easy for a shop or a company that makes two product lines of things. Maybe they make intakes right. and tunes, or maybe they make, you know, motor mounts and, and dog mounts or something like that. But when you're making the, the tuning software, the hardware components on the engine side, the drivetrain components for the engine and suspend or uh, differential and, and transmission, when you're making the lowering springs, the control arms, the braking systems, the wheels, it, it becomes a very involved effort, but it's part of why we aim to upgrade these cars in a holistic yeah. way. We, we want to upgrade the car from front to back like it was supposed to be there. And that's how you can hand the car off to your, your parents or, or a friend who doesn't know anything about cars and have them feel like it is what it's supposed to be. It doesn't feel disjointed or disconnected. All of it feels, uh, you know, upgraded homogenously. Yeah, that, that's, that's why it's, it's a created uh, difficulty, but it, it's what sets us apart. And we yeah. don't want to have the half-assed car. We want to have it fully put together. And, and well, speaking of fully put together, and that's about to go transition. I'm, I'm curious. I just saw you guys mention your B9 RS5. Yes, yes. So that is another one of those cars where the development curve has continued to go up and up and up. And the, the yeah. capability of those cars has gone up and up as products get developed. So with the turbo engineers, we installed a, another hybrid turbo style uh, upgrade on the car. So factory drop-in locations, but upgraded turbocharger size, all on a stock engine as far as internals and, and those bits go. Uh, and it ran a 994 at 139 miles an hour, so damn near 140. Uh, so that car, I can't talk about the horsepower numbers because it's not a, a complete product yet. However, I think it's it's safe to say that it's going to fall into and around the similar power output that the SQ5 is making, uh, hmm. plus or minus some. But by the fact that it's a lighter and smaller car, it can move right. so much faster. And, and the gear ratios and the chassis setup of the RS5 really lend itself to that power. And the delivery from the twin turbos is so visceral. Uh, it punches you into your seat. I mean, it, it did zero to 60 in 2.3 seconds. Uh, in, in a car that had the full weight, full interior, some sticky tires needed on, on a drag strip. Uh, right. But beyond that, it was a, a full weight car. It had the back massagers on during that run. It, it has that <laughs> feature. So, um, yeah. And they're just outside of crazy modifications on, on some other cars. This is all simple stuff that gets thrown on and keeps the car to driver. It can get 25, 30 MPG on the way back from the track. It's, right. it's incredible. So we, we hope to have that software completed in the next few weeks here. We still have some verifications of uh, product refinement and testing to do, you know, track day and, and some more road miles. Right. But once that's all completed and has a clean bill of health, I think a lot of folks are gonna be happy with what they can do with their RS5s next. That's cool. That's a car that, like, I feel like it doesn't get enough credit for what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Out of the box, it lacks something. And I, I think it was just, it was a really good overall car in every way. But I don't think that it stepped it up enough over the S4 to really set itself apart. It, right. it had the bones for something really solid, but it didn't take it further. 
end with a few adjustments, both in the hardware and software side, it really is starting to show that, yeah. that difference from the S car and RS car. Now, once you start getting into the turbo changes, they all level out. Uh, it's, it's fascinating to see S4s and RS5s with about the same modifications on the power side are all doing just about the same. In, in are they? So if but you you're know still you're single, get, if you you're know still you're going to go further, then it's yeah, yeah. a worthwhile thing. But you're, you're still single turbo on the three liter, the S car and twin turbo on the the RS car. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So from, from a stock turbo to stock turbo situation, if you weren't changing right. any of that stuff out, the RS5 is leaps and bounds higher performing than the single turbo on the S4. Once right. you start yeah. getting into the larger turbo setups, then obviously the game gets a little bit more neutralized. I was going to say, right, then it's at that point, it's like displacement and boost, right? Like it's, you're, you're probably get, just getting in the same neighborhood. Although drivability, I'd imagine the RS5 still probably spools up faster, right? right. Because exactly. And, and that's where the numbers don't say everything. So it's, right. it's the experience of that car. The, the closer gear ratio means you're, you're shifting more and, and moving through that rev range faster. It means that, and the twin turbos means the power is coming on a lot quicker as well. So the usage of that car, the delivery of that car, the, the chassis yeah. itself has dynamic ride control, the cross-linked high right. struts. It, it has the larger front brakes, 375 versus uh, 355, I want to say. Uh, don't yeah. Uh, so it, it itself is built out so much further as well from the beginning that the experience between the two is, of course, going to be different. Well, I'm curious how the RS5, what is the performance, the plus, the one that they we're going to get it right. It's, but I right. think the main difference is there's the a core. KW developed suspension on it and, you know, wheels, I don't know, some of these yeah, cool it, seats. It, it seems to be a little bit of a software change to change the power delivery. And then uh, it's the, oh, dude, I didn't know I could bring turn to this. Um, please do. This is just literally just root beer because my kid had a birthday uh, pretty good the last week. So like they left some here and I'm, I'm drinking that. I don't have like good stuff right here. The sure. It's just like a nice relabel. Everything comes in through your label. Uh, right. Yeah. No, like it, in college, right? <laughs> exactly. It's got to make it to the door somehow. Right. Yeah. No, the, the RS5 performance, it's those coilovers and the tune change. But I'd, I'd be curious to get my hands on one and, and for us to be able to benchmark it against some of the stuff that we do. Because obviously we make a lowering spring for the factory uh, struts on a lot of these cars. That's our aim right. on our suspension upgrades is to keep the factory adjustable suspension, but optimize the spring rates for better performance and, and better handling without becoming a crashy and bad ride. Yeah. I'd wonder with the hardware of the DRC with a bit of a spring change, if it's worth going to the, the true coilover style. Right. Yeah. That's a good question. Time will tell. Yeah, yeah i'm curious too if we get that there's like some cool seat that's in that car but like i don't know if we'll who knows crash testing and all that tends to add cost to some obligation and yeah but that's the kind of thing that like it looks rad but like will it make to the u.s spec probably not look i mean if, if there was one thing that i could argue with audi with to give us more in u.s spec cars is massage seats the s4 yeah. s5 and rs5 get massage seat but the sq5 yeah. is not that makes no sense dude that. My wife's e-tron, love it. My S5 had it. I got this RS6, doesn't happen. Doesn't make sense. Then you get the e-tron S, or I guess now the Q8 e-tron S. And yeah. because it's an S now, you lose the massage seat. 
over the base e-tron. It's still a 5,800 pound, you know, electric. Is SUV. it a different seat in this? In the e-tron? It is. It is. Uh, and they sported up a bit, but they yeah. told massage. What is the point of that? That's my soapbox argument. No, that's something that like it ought to go in every and I'll tell you, like not to say I don't like grass is greener comparisons, especially with brand B, but like I had a buddy who had a uh, I don't know what it was. It might have been an X7. So maybe this is an X7 thing because like that thing's big and ridiculous. It's like the BMW version of whatever the Rolls SUV is. But like he said, he said it massaged like not just the back, but it massaged your butt, which was like, like, dude, really? Because like that on the long drives, like if it did that, I'd be like, I'm just not getting out of the car. You can just, we'll just yeah. keep going. And there's a but, there's a Lincoln Navigator that has individual butt cheek massagers, and, and it oscillates <laughs> because you know, of, of course Lincoln. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm all for that. And like Norway, I found this out only a couple of weeks ago. Norway has an option for a massage seat in the SQ5. It's standard on every seat including really? cloth, manual adjust, they all have massage. And the seat functionally looks the same. So it's just the air bladder and, and controller on the side. So how did how did US not get that option? It's annoying. Like that's something that should be in everything. Yeah, if you're if you're nearly standardizing sport diff at this point, give me massage as well. Now I'll gladly take sport diff over massage every day. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, yeah I, I think I'll care more about that package if I had to lose one, I won't keep sport diff, but yeah. There's opportunity there for sure, but I don't think I don't think Audi is massaging the butt anywhere in any no. like A8 Hork package for the Chinese. Like nothing. Like that's if you're there's listening. There's some Audi. step ups for yeah for the the lavish interior upgrades. Yeah, I was gonna say if if you're listening, Audi, we love you, but massage the butt. <laughs> that's... We, we Americans are as you think we are. We we <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the Norwegians too. What you you don't have to aid this at the Americans. Evidently, yeah. yeah. We want the massage, no question. Yeah, yeah. So, when am I going to get you to modify one of your vehicles around your home? Where where can I? You as a consumer of of, of mostly uh, off the shelf vehicles, where do you feel you are seeking some improvement? Boy, you're going to dig into my soul on this one, aren't you? The um, I do mod cars. I have in my past. I tend to like. It's funny when you're talking about your SQ5. I tended to get like OEM plus, like I literally remember the thread on Vortex where we came up with the name, <laughs> right? Like the <laughs> OEM plus name, because like, they were like, how do you do it? Where it's like not all tuner and hardcore, but like, yeah. it kind of looks like the factory built it. And somebody was like, let's call it OEM plus. And then now it's like a thing. But, but, um, so I always modified to that level. When we were doing like project cars for Fortitude. I, I did, I had a silver all road that was pretty, it was probably tame by like hardcore standards, but like, sure. I don't know. It was our project car and it was rad. I just, um, where I am now, not just because I'm old, the, the e-tron's lowered and on wheels, the RS6, I, my cars lately, I just kind of drive, right? Like I, 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 I don't know that I have, plus I have like, I have an Urquad, like if I have money to put into cars, I have an older Quattro that I'm trying to get built or I have the Coupe V8 and the RS6 is good. The RS6 needs lowering that it does. Every time I go to RS6 gatherings, it's like, who's the all road the guy with the all road that's oh yeah it's me right. um but because they all look good like just uh some of them go too low and i'm not really a fan of that either but like there there's um, there's a nice sweet spot for sure yeah so i the other thing i'm worried about 
because the RS6 is higher than I've ever gone with owning a car price wise. Mm -hmm. And what scares the hell out of me is you can tell I'm not native in this space because I worry about things like this. But like, uh, I'm worried about depreciation. I, I tend to mod car like I, that all road I had for probably four years. And I it, it, like your car just evolved over time. And like, if I drove it like halfway through, I probably didn't notice it evolving that much. But like, by the time it was done, the difference between that and the original car was, you know, marked. But I don't know, with the RS6, I'm worried about like more than another year into it. Like I, right. I'm probably going to trade it. Maybe I should uh, go back and edit. While we do tend to modify the car all the way through here, yeah. we're, we're yeah. building that catalog. A lot of what we design is good on the standalone thing. So, you know, I, well, I know that for my customer, for the majority of the customers that we run into, the transmission insert for $65 that, that yeah. ends up the gear shift when you're really on it, but you don't feel it when you're cruising around. It's like, the best bang for buck modification that everyone writes home about. Uh, yeah, it, there's little things I think, and like you said, OEM plus, it's it's hilarious. So oh, everything comes back to Vortex. Everything started yeah. in Vortex at some point, yeah. but that's our angle. I mean, we call our our product lines Dynamic Plus with that mindset. You know, in, in Audi, you go into Dynamic mode. We want Dynamic but more Dynamic Plus, but it right. feel like it kind of came there that that it was. From the factory, someone else just came up with the idea and said, yes, let's integrate that, but even further, sports, sport plus, dynamic, dynamic plus. Uh, yeah. That's that's what we aim for from our product. And that's the experience we want people to give. We don't want it to feel like the hardcore, you lost all your refinement deal. So for an RS6, yeah. appreciation is a huge deal. Not only does it need to not ruin or devalue the experience of the car, but it needs to be removable and resellable so that you aren't, you know, permanently uh making modifications to the car that, that cause you know long-term adjustment yeah right well like that's so because you this whole we can keep this in or not <laughs> we decide where we want where this goes but like where where uh because where i'm going with this i don't know if you want me going there or not the, the the whole time you're telling me about your sq5 i'm like i'm like uh thinking more like do you know is it, uh, yeah, I know you because know, you guys work on their cars. Uh, Audi Stevens Creek doing yeah. the Adventure Series cars, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, I, I mean, the off-road thing's cool and that's a thing and their cars are awesome. And so I see where that's all going. But like, what intrigues me about your SQ5 is more how it's, it's, you know, I, I, I'd probably do OE wheels just because, and I, you know. That's you. No, yeah. Yeah, that's you, just. You are the 22s from the SQ8 or SQ7. Right. That's, that's, yeah, that's that, wheel. Well, Will Barber always used to bag on me, right? It's like the mods nobody will ever notice. That's what you do. Like that's, but, but um, it's true. But, but anyway, where I'm going with that is more, it's, it's look, no, not joking around. It's like an RSQ5, right? And so like, if, if, like what's interesting about Adventure Series, it seems like they're doing is they're kind of selling it like a package of like, okay, you can do this, mm -hmm. you know, to your, and it's a whole set of components, almost like more like the singer thing where you're getting like a formula right and like a replicable you see where opt is probably even the better example in this space right like it's amazing yeah. to me the rs6r the rs6 plus the rs6s like the the different ways they've done variations on that theme and okay we're just doing 100 of these and 100 of these and 100, you know like so you guys have such a broad catalog of parts and Unlike the old days where like I could get a new speed like paper catalog and like oh I didn't even know that existed but I need that <laughs> right. now for my car right like it's harder with a website because you're like this i always wrestle with my sys admin so i was like i want pages for everything and this is when we were doing vortex he'd be like but you have a search why why do you care right because 
I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm missing. Right. I don't know what to search for. Like I want to discover stuff yeah. and like, right. And so, so like, I, I don't know where I'm going with that is like more like if you're SQ five or like, like, like almost like the, the zero three, four SQ five plus or whatever it is. Right. Like, yeah. but it's, but it's literally like your, your cat, like at least all your like OE level handling, you know, parents aren't going to notice it like package of like okay this is the you know like the optar r6r is like bang that's that's i want that right right you you want so and and then we so we'll be launching we actually just launched our first you know implementation of a staged handling package and a staged performance yeah. package so based off of uh what your level of of desired modification is and price point that you have to operate in we right. created a few you know, key products from each of the lines that we develop for these cars. And we'll be launching them for more cars. I think we did B9A4 first and we'll do B8S4 next and B9S4, S5, SQ5. It'll, it'll move through the, the line of product um, where you can just say, you want stage one on handling. And it's it'll be us knowing, okay, within our product catalog, the stage one is going to mean truly no compromise anywhere. It's it's for the guy who's not really going to the track, but wants to feel that nice performance change in the day to day. We'll grab this, this, and this, add in that, and then we'll give him a discount if he buys the whole thing together. Yeah. And then if you want to take to the next level, then we'll have that next stage. I think my car very, you know, adequately is stage three at this point as far as where you would go and, and everything involved, but it still doesn't lose that that finesse, but it is right. a whole thought out package. Now there's always gonna be the folks that want to buy that one for those two things. And that's why they're all sold individually as well. And maybe you want a piece right. of the other, but that staged concept, very few companies offer that in a real holistic way. And and that's that's our catalog. I mean, some of these catalogs run hundred products deep. Uh, we so, as a company have over a thousand individual SKUs across every random Audi Volkswagen <laughs> that you could think of. Uh, yeah. And, you know, if you don't know what you're looking for, that's a hard thing to find. So we're, we're curating more of those packages as well to make it an even easier, you know, I kind of want to be in this level. Okay, great. Let's, let's go. Right. Yeah. So I think we'll need to get you, we'll, we'll start testing out what the RS6 stage one package is for you. How about that? Maybe, maybe lowering links, a trans insert, all the removable things. Maybe, yeah. a, maybe a resonator delete that isn't that's, you know irreversible. Let let's uh let's okay. talk. Here's the only thing though. That car, here's my guess. PI for RS6 and I guess C's in general is like next year, right? Yeah. So so the new I, I know I have my name on without a Wilmington. I'm on an RS6 performance with them. So like now granted, any anything I probably do to this can probably just go straight through to the next car. Almost all is gonna move over. I'm, I'm almost yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe it's, uh, it's worth doing now then, but, uh, the other, well, and, the other thing I was, I was also, what's that? And it's reversible and you can sell it to another guy who just picked up. No. Yeah. Fair. And, uh, yeah, but that's, I'll probably, I'll probably trade it, but, uh, we'll see. Uh, I have a couple of people who are like, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. But part of me thinks like, man, Wilmington was kind enough, like put me on their list. So I'm kind of thinking they know that a tribute would be coming back in them. So, yeah. so it's a good deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the I'll be honest. The other thing I'm thinking about doing is kind of like where you are with the the Q5 or the SQ5 is RSQ8 might be. It's not quite as cool as the RS6, yeah. like, but 
I feel like I did my part to like make Audi think that the RS6 is a commercial viability in the United States. So now I want the tow hitch. <laughs> like I want to I want to pull that older Quattro with a trailer, and and I can't do that in the RS6. But yeah, I uh, I I just today. I mean, I've 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 had this argument a lot with folks of I don't know where I go from this car. It it does everything that I could ever want it to do. The yeah. only next direction would be SQ8 or SQ7 or or RSQ8. SQ7 is the unsung one, right? Like it is that's... extremely unsung. An incredible yeah. car. And and they're coming down in price now. They're in the mid seventies yeah. for really good options. It that is it really? It, what a car for for not. It's a lot of money. I mean, I think it's it's no, easy. but in the seventies that I I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to sound like one of the like, you know. Oh look at us. We can talk, but like in seventies, <laughs> right. that's a like six. I have a hard time with six figure, right? Like when you get to six yeah. figure, it better be. Although what's that's what's crazy is like six-figure cars now you look at like even base 911s are like six figures right yeah. like it's crazy where the market is gone i don't know if that's just you know inflation or whatever but like i don't know in the 70s to me because the 70s is like man it's hard to get like a new rs5 i think doesn't even start to like what 80 i think 80 now yeah yeah, yeah. so back, like up even further yeah but an sq7 is like it, to me again sq more the suv versus the avant thing but to the to me sq7 is like it's a big Avant anyway. And it's big. Yeah, oh, it, it, it is big. That that's the other thing too. Is it you know the SQ8 or RSQ8, even though it's the same chassis, is doesn't feel as big. Now, it doesn't I, feel as big, but here's the thing: footprint identical. I know, I know. It's ridiculous. And I like yeah. boxy cars. I, I have a C4 wagon, a B3, they're all boxes. They they just yeah. cut through the air like a refrigerator. Uh, I so I would probably go SQ7 more for me, and then yeah, since I tow with my SQ5 a lot. Uh, I would want that 70 to 700 pound tow cap. I, I want to go higher, yeah, that's kind of... uh, but you know, credit to Audi. You go look over at BMW, you can't get an X5M to start under 108 now. You, right. you can't get you know your M3 under 90 really in any configuration that you would want. So, Audi right. is you know bringing these cars at a very affordable price and then yeah you know, giving you more no, I, i'm not complaining like uh, i guess that's the thing right like we're like we're, we have it pretty good right now and especially yeah. the u.s just over there in germany for like we had two dolce vita trips and so i got had like 10 days to kind of kill in germany and and the cars you see on the road that like everything is so expensive over there <laughs> so expensive so so like even like a regular e-tron is like it's pretty swanky right where like here is like yeah whatever in a regular e-tron yeah. like it's it's a good car but it's not like 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 you stop at the charging stations and the guy pulling in a regular e-tron is like whoa he's baller <laughs> you know right, I mean? like, exactly. really like because yeah. because it's kind of a family car here and it's it's man it's it's just a different world so we we get cars really cheap i'm not complaining about that at all yeah as I, americans i was in switzerland for geneva in 2017 when they launched the seven and a half golf r and in yeah. geneva it was going to start or in Switzerland, it was going to start at like $65,000. And and the Swiss franc is one-to-one -one with the dollar at that time, or was at that time. Yeah. And you just begin to wonder, like, the U.S. market would never. Uh, or, you know, even going to the U.K., where the Golf R is similar price to the S3. And, and in some cases, the S3 is cheaper than the Golf R. And, and you just think about the U.S. market. There's just no chance that it would be buying that car at that price. So we do get much better deals than i think we like to think 
I think that didn't help our inventory situation, right? <laughs> right. When the shortages, when there are only so many ECUs to go around, there's so many like chips, right? Like it was like, well, we can sell them for more in Europe. So good luck, America. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, no, it's I'm I'm hoping deliveries pick up. We, um, my I've I've slowly transitioned everyone in my family to Audi people over the years, yeah, uh, as any good Audi enthusiast should. Um, right. And my my father is waiting on a on a c8 s6 um but he's had an order in for a year and and they just pushed him to late 23 and he's like well, well what do i do now what do i stick and wait for this s6 or do i find something that's on the lot today yeah and i think that's, that's a tough, tough thing one. it just goes to show brand loyalty lasts right up until you know you can't get the next car when you want the car well it's i'll hard. tell you the other side of it was like i was talking to a dealer um I don't, I'm sure I don't have the terms correct. So I'm going to be to anybody. I'm probably going to be like nails on a chalkboard to dealers as soon as, but I was talking to a dealer friend of mine recently, an Audi dealer friend. And he was like, the other challenge right now is there's like inventory that they'll like push through. Yeah. But you don't know when it's coming. And she's like, so like I had a, he's like, I had a, a customer in the week before who was like, I want X, right? Like, let's just say S6. I don't think it was, but you know, you just said that like, I want an S6. Do you have one? No, we don't. And then, uh, like, you know, you can order one, but like the guy wasn't particularly, you know, it wasn't that particular. I don't need like a prestige, you yeah, know, just whatever blue, yeah. just one in S6. And, and like one shows up the next week on the truck and like, they didn't know it was coming. So like he calls him and he's like, well, I, I have one now. He's like, well, shit. you know, his customer's like, I just went out and bought whatever BMW, you yeah. know, like, cause it was down the street. Yeah. Right. And they had one in inventory at, you know, and, and you guys didn't and like, had I known it was a week out, I would have clearly weighted but like yeah it's a i mean I, i'm glad i don't have to be the rocket scientist in charge of like distribution <laughs> right yeah. now between like man you had the war in ukraine which was what wiring harnesses you had the chip shortage there right. Right? and then you had the, and then you had the, what the ship that went the, down the in the atlantic right. Right, right. Like, like they, they were joking, like, man, what, what next is going to happen, right? Well, the plague happened. So are we at locusts next? And they're going to eat like the cars? Like what? Wasn't, wasn't there, um, wasn't there a strike at one of the ports that Audi used in Germany as well to ship cars out? Like, maybe it, it always just feels like it's unfortunate. There's just another thing that's, that's preventing it. Right, right. Um, but man, and then the cars that do show up just don't make sense. Like, there's 15 q5s with sq5 front ends because they made more of those bumpers and they say we're just doing this oh thing. really oh my god oh remember the 2020 q5 e-tron um oh that e sorry q5 e. The, the hybrid yeah those all have sq5 bodies every front and rear bumper looks exactly the same as the sq5 and that was maybe that was on purpose um it, it just and then now in general a4s and s4s are the same body line say so I, I know that I know that one of the things they do is like when you're running to the end of production, like you, I think they've been doing it since B7. So you get like the B7 S line, which was the S4 bumper, yep. right? And in the final years of productions, you get regular A4s that are not S. They don't have the S line interior and all the other stuff, but they, that S line bumper becomes standard. So I think that's something that they tend to do in like the final model year or two. So like if we're at, if we're in and I know I've seen B10s in test mule format so we're probably yeah, what a year close. and a half max to B10. So that at this point they're probably like getting to the phase where like B9 and a half everybody gets the S line bumper because that's where we are in the production cycle. Right. Um 
don't know. I just, I don't love it. And then you delete the phone box. And, you know, these, yeah. some of these aren't coming with adaptive cruise control or even the pre-collision warnings, which right. like, you know, I, we went and got lunch before uh, we went to film this and there was a Nissan Versa note with a pre-collision sensor in the grill. And I, it boggled my mind that a car you can buy for 19 or 22 grand had that implemented. And then I would go to the lot down the street uh, at the local Audi dealership and they've got 15 Q5s and SQ5s that don't have pre-sensors. No, I, I, that might have been a supply issue too. Yeah, but I'm, I'm oh, still supply. Like, it, it, they're trying to build something, but at the same time, it doesn't help you sell the car that people want to buy either. Yeah, yeah. That, it's funny the, though. We, we have a, a like, I, my, in my house, one of my daughters is 16 and we haven't gotten her a license yet. She hasn't really been pushing and I've been busy. So over the Christmas season, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get this thing done. Right. Like, and make it happen. But then we also have an R6 in the house. So I'm thinking something needs to be done about like putting yeah. a wall between like from an insurance standpoint between her and the RS6. <laughs> and, um, and so like, I'm going to have to buy something that's like the kid car. Although I think it's going to be more, I'll be daily it to keep miles off the RS6. And then when she right. wants a car on the weekend, she'll take that. Right. Anyway, I'm looking at like, okay, what can I buy that's cool? And like, that's like, when I was, I was chatting with a, another friend from Audi whose kid is turning 16, he's like, I need something that has all the presents and like everything in it. I'm like, man, when did that even start? Like, I think B8, maybe? The B8 like got cars cruise for like a year, like 500 cars. Got and it wasn't very good. And, a half. and it wasn't very good. It was something, yeah. which we'll take. Yeah. Um, it didn't have brake. No, it had, it had braking involved, but um, the Mark 7 GTI, uh, I know in 2015, for the bulb, and that had the first pre collision that I can remember from the Volkswagen Audi catalog. Well, and then, I, you know, the AYS3 had that as well. I was going to say, so a, A3 or S3, a, a, sorry, AVS3, yes, Prestige, probably. Yeah, I wonder if TT Mark 3 has it. Does TT Mark? No, no, they never gave it. They might have pre collision, but it doesn't have adaptive cruise. Yeah, without adaptive cruise, it's a, it's a collision thing. Basically, I want something cool. And and I'm thinking, like, with TT, like, she can't take a lot of friends in the car, which is probably good. Right. That's her help. sister, yeah. and that's it. We, yeah. uh, one of our coworkers got his 16 year old daughter, a Mark 1 TT, 1A225. Uh, both learn stick, and you can't fit many people in there. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a tight space. Um, so that angle is definitely one that's been thought of before. The you run the other risk of though it's a sporty car, it's sporty, and and when it when it's sporty you might be a bit more emboldened to be sporty. Yeah, no. I, I well that's the other thing I wrestle with as a dad of like safe safe safe, but as a human being and realizing I learned a lot of my driving skill hooning around a parking lots in the snow with the e brake and being an idiot right like, um. That like I kind of don't want to just insulate her from the ability to just go out and safely be an idiot right. <laughs> either. Right. I right. At least the car is going to be safe. Like if, if she right. does what every sixteen year old does and wrecks the car, uh, then she will at least be safe. And maybe you sign her up from one of those Audi Club Team Driver Clinics. That's that's a great segue, man. We're, we're gonna. I, unfortunately, I can't sign her up to win the. See how I'm doing this too. To win the RS3 that we're giving away, <laughs> <laughs> the sweepstakes. Should you want to earn like Audi Club and Anna Dork, enter please. Right, right. But no, um, but but yeah, no, I, I she'll definitely be doing our start with the team clinics and maybe do some HPDs too, because like training is like, that's the main differentiator between everything, right? Like just knowing those skills, and like, 
my, I substituted that with hooning around in parking lots of snow and my e-brake, but like, you know, and having idiot friends who like, I wasn't quite as idiotic as them. I didn't actually wreck my car in, in oh, high school, idiot. but like, yeah, look at that. Oh. I haven't gotten COVID yet either. I don't know what that says about me, but. <laughs> but That's something. I mean, I, I got a three. Yeah. I don't know what that says about me. Have you really? Yes. Yeah, SEMA was the third one after I saw you. So oh, you got it at SEMA? Yeah. Yeah. Tough. Tough. Yeah. I thought SEMA, SEMA or Monterey would get me for sure. And I got away okay. So far. And I got away from SEMA last year okay too. But SEMA this year was, I didn't get away from unfortunately. Yeah. Well, you worked the booth too, right? I don't know if you ever got the, the, it's all about like, to me, at least in my head, it's all about proximity and viral load. So like, if I never talk to the same person too long and like, I, yeah, yeah. So unless like, you know, the people you're like working with and traveling with have it, you're, you're, you know, but if like some guy with bad breath corners you in the, yeah, corners you, you in the booth and that's a really good angle now to end some conversations. Just say, hey, COVID safety, I gotta go. Like, I appreciate hey, that's, you. Yeah, it's can I just say I was on so when I went to Germany a couple weeks ago, I'm on I'm on the flight and the, there was a very nice German gentleman next to me, but I recognized early on that he had particularly notable bad breath, mm. and and like so when I when I fell asleep, I'm in this you know how like when you're, you're I'm sure you've gone to Germany yeah so like you, you're not really sleeping but you're trying to because you don't want to be a zombie nice. the next day yeah, yeah so, so like you're kind of half in and out already and like I would. I, every couple of minutes the way the air would circulate in the plane i would smell that bad breath and i'd be like that could be covid breath right like and it would just wake me up enough so like covid you know what i mean and then try to go back to sleep five minutes later covid like oh, it was God. so annoying it was so annoying i literally put a mask on because i was maskless on this plane living dangerously but like i put you. my mask on only so i would smell the mask instead of his bad breath i'm still i mean i was probably that proximity and it was by no means any great mask like i'm sure it was just as dangerous but i really was really just wanting sleep at that point so yeah i don't know oh man no yeah, three I mean, times what are you gonna do i mean i'll take the shots to give me the shots but what, what i mean that's at, at some point it's no, it's we're, we're, we're gonna live with it without going and diverging into a, a COVID podcast. We're we're here. <laughs> but, uh, going wherever. Uh, we're over the hour at this point, so I figure it goes wherever the hell it goes. <laughs> I think that's but, a good but, too. Yeah, we, okay. we got the, the on topic, uh, yeah. before stuff out of the way. Yeah, no, and uh, no, it's, it's really nice to be able to do these shows again post COVID. I mean, it was kind of weird to think like most of my role as far as uh, here at Circuit Four being marketing manager is interacting with people and for right. two full years effectively in in the uh you know event space it was none it, it was entirely virtual interaction and yeah the, i'd be curious and now i found a now i've found a, a late night thing for myself to do is just kind of go back and reflect on the change to our aftermarket communities that has happened just from two years of only internet interaction i would right. I'd be willing to wager that there's a lot more widespread you know interaction like the guys in norway are now interacting the same group as the guy in, in kansas city um which is why i know of massage seats um thank you out of club kansas city uh really the norwegian <laughs> go is on the out of club kansas city's group everyone's just joining everything everyone's in everything. that's amazing i, I that's amazing. I have to be in many of these groups as it is just to interact with customers and, and be aware of what's going on, but it yeah. means I get to watch a lot of different interactions. And even in the, you know, 40,000 member group, 
uh, situations. We've got guys from Dubai and Singapore and the U.S. and Canada and whomever. Uh, yeah. So there's been so much more interaction just on a global perspective all in one place versus your local chapter level engagement. Uh, right. But at the same time, no one sees each other at the end of the week, so they don't hold back. They, they do not hold back on what it is that they say online. So it, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering what kind of overall change that's made. I'm, I'm gonna need to look back at some posts in like 2019 and 2018 and yeah. see if there's a stark difference. So but, it's funny, I, I, randomly, I'll go down a little bit of a rabbit hole here, but we were doing Vortex back then, right? Like it was, I think it was the first Obama election, right? And okay. I'm, in the, I'm in the vein of page views, deliver ads. If we grow our inventory, we have more ads to deliver, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we had this amazing community on, like across Vortex and Fortitude, it was a shared forum and it was, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, it, like before Facebook groups had really taken off. So it's a really amazing time from a community standpoint. Everybody was like, the car community was pretty tight and it was rad. And and then I was, and probably it's not a great thing for me to admit, admit to, but I was like, we should do a political forum because people talk politics and that'll be more inventory, right? Like, so, so, so like we had this debate internally. I was the one who was waving the flag for it. I'll fall on that, uh, fall on that sword. And, and uh, we set it up for like I, maybe two weeks. It might've lasted two weeks. And what we found was that like, it was wildly popular from a traffic standpoint, but like what it spilled out of there. So you would have people going in and like arguing politics in that political forum. And whereas on the, whatever the, the A3 forum, they were good friends or, you know, they helped each other out. Now they were like, I hate you. Right. And it was starting to degrade the community. Like the politics were, were like, it was like a poison. And so we shut it down and like, very quickly it went back to normal again right like it was but you yeah, can once, definitely see it once you create the, the space to even allow that external conversation you you start to right. create things that you know the communities exist because there's a shared agreement effectively you know you right. all agree that you like whatever it is that you're there for uh you like the audi that you own you like that model yeah. of car that you own but when you start adding in things that make you oh well Mine's manual and yours is DSG. So yours is bad and mine's better. You know, that yeah. uh, I went with this tuner and you went with that tuner and I put my money behind these guys. So therefore yours is bad. You know, that those those division points really have become even bigger and bigger. And now it's always existed, as you can say, going back to, you know, oh eight. It can you anyone will find any well to not like someone like a black car versus yeah. a white car. What? And it, it, gray it car wasn't all red. Yeah, and it wasn't all kumbaya back then either, right? You'd have like the, especially like, I mean, you guys were were kind of in it, but but oh, the yeah. people who really were sling, slinging were like, it was like, um, you know, let's say brand A of ch- of tuning company. I, I, and, I know where and, you're at. And, and a couple other their uh, their direct competitors uh, in, in the space at the time, and they would literally they would have like loyalists kind of like slinging at each other, and it was, I guess the internet's always kind of been like that, but 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 like. <laughs> It would be nice in person. I where you're going with there, I think I agree with you. I miss the events. What I've been looking at very seriously is like, how do we? We're going to have our first national since COVID this year in the Carolinas. I don't think it's been announced yet, but whatever. Nah. <laughs> People know. If you the, made um, the hour and thirty minute. Yeah, yeah, if you made it this far, there's like two people. One's my mom, so we're good. But like, but but the other the other uh, the other thing was like for me, Monterey. I was there with 
you with both of these this year with Monterey and SEMA. Like I, I run out of like precious few events where I can interact with people. So like for me back in the Vortex days was like Waterfest was really huge for like a lot of the industry came out to it. I think your Red 90 came out with Javad one year. Um, made a showing. Um, or like or like the Detroit, New York, LA auto shows, right? Like which Audi's not in any of those anymore. So like, really? yeah, they weren't even in LA just is this week and they weren't there. So like um, Porsche was uh, still with a Safari, but like, anyway, where, where I'm going with that is like having places to interact. And so for me now that's like Monterey for Audi or OEs and it, and SEMA, I was afraid, but given how empty I heard it was last year and I didn't go because of COVID. Um, but like uh, this year I was afraid that it would be, you know, with Fordham and GM out, right. it's going to be terrible. And I thought it was great. Like it, we were it very was- pleasantly surprised. I, it was my third SEMA, so I did 2019, 2021, and, and this year. Oh, buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, so I, and I'm the guy, so I, I drove the trailer last year with the, the car for the booth, and this year I drove the car down. Nine, nine days in Vegas is, is definitely many days. Uh, yeah. But th- as far as the difference between each year, this year feels most like 2019. It was, it was yeah. back to, you know, anyone and everyone's going to walk up, say hello, be interested in what's going on. And that right. bustle was back. It was nice last year in its own thing because you knew that the people you needed to see were going to be there and you weren't going to get, you know, a monsoon of, of just kind of fuzz coming through the booth, um, which made it nice to just have those conversations you needed to have without a lot of distraction. Right. But there was definitely a, a a strong value to the amount of people that came up because you just meet more folks that you might not have had that interaction with or that that uh, access to. And yeah, and yeah I, I want to. We started going to Big SoCal Euro, which is a show here local. That, that was saw great this year. Yeah, uh, and and that's you know one of the few uh, shows that's kind of Euro focused in uh, California or West Coast that we have anymore. So it's the, getting back to those is, is really nice. Last year we did. Um, nursed the the RS6 event as well, and yep, it's finding more of those things to get engaged and see these folks face face to face is is really huge. And now that we're able yeah. to go around open houses again, it's that's that's what we're. Are you back into that now? We did our first one back last summer, and, and most of that was county ordinance. Um, yeah, I think we were comfortable doing it a little sooner, but at the end of the day, you, why risk it? Um, right. So we'll do, we did our open house this past summer and then we'll do a, uh, another open house this winter called Winterfest in February where anyone's welcome to come out. We'll get free chili. We'll have cars in the dino tours and uh, free raffle prizes and all that jazz. Very Maybe cool. you catch a flight. Uh, yeah. Drive the SD5. Uh, I'd look forward to that. Yeah. Cool. It, those kind of events, we just get so much positive engagement out of the people that we meet. It, it connects a little more at home than just online. It's easy to close the laptop and forget that Right. So you're interacting with these many people and, and yeah. having that impact. But face to face, you you begin to see that more. And, and maybe it it gives you pause too. Like when you've met the person the, per, the person in person, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, I know on Facebook I can be a bit outspoken. So on pre- Facebook, probably people are like, well, he's a bit of an asshole, right? And then they meet me and they realize, well, I'm not as big of an asshole as they thought on Facebook, but like, right. you know, it is. Yeah. That that tends to be. Do you have a background in marketing? Because that tends to be what happens with most marketing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's 
we're, we're, we're more communicative than most, which can be brash in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I think, yeah, I find on our team, it's, it's definitely like there are certain people who are like more like that. And then the people, people are, you know, I love them for that skill. Cause like, I don't necessarily have it. So, <laughs> so yeah. Right. anyway, yeah, no, it's nice to get back and experience the community. Well, and speaking of community, all right. So I was going to bring that up earlier too. So before we shut down, I, have you been watching this thing with, with Sean Maynard and his move? Do you know what Sean? an incredible outpouring of support. First of all, I'm really glad that the car was found and I'm glad that his truck was found with the majority of things within it. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the only things I've seen break out of just my Audi group and into just car community. Right. So, so for, in case people didn't see it, if you're in the community online, maybe you saw it, but like Sean Maynard, who used to be Volkswagen's experiential marketing person, he was, he was, I, I mean, I'm not, he wasn't head of experiential marketing. There's somebody who does that and they do soccer and enthusiasm and all that, but he was in charge of enthusiast presence in the community. So like, if you saw Volkswagen at car shows, they were there. And, and he has a built golf all track. That's like a manual green kind of a special build. And he'd done a lot of OEM plus to it, uh, things to it. So it's lowered and kind of RS car ish looking. It's really rad. And he just took a job, left Volkswagen and took a job with wheel pros or Rotiform. So he is moving to Denver to work for them, put it on a trailer behind a Penske truck, all of his stuff in the back of the Penske truck, got the whole way to Denver, went out to dinner with his dad and when he came back, the truck was gone. They stole the truck to get the car, I guess. Then the truck turns up, tie down sliced. They'd taken the car off. And I guess they'd gone through the truck. He had a bunch of like having worked for Volkswagen. He he knows Tanner Faust and Scott Speed and like the guys with the, the Beetle GRC program was all his program. So like he's had I'm all of this, like I'm looking around here, all the dopey stuff I have in my office, right? That I've gotten over the years. You know, you too, I can see behind you. Like, like to have all that stuff in a like your life in a truck and somebody just taking it and even just rifling <laughs> through it i mean for so much of it to be to miss it to be missing is, is horrific yeah but at least the car was was found and it was like some guy at a construction site saw the whole thing going down on facebook and took a photo and, and sent it to sean and he came over there with a spare key from what i understood yeah so and just so jamie out of there. jamie filled me in jamie Orr. Uh, also been on this program before too, but like he, he was the so the community was amazing. So the community put the you know it was like remember in like uh, hundred one Dalmatians right when all the dogs start barking and they get yeah. send the signal out right. Well, that's what happened here. And like Jamie had messaged on his social and like Tanner Faust had put it on his and like you know we put it up with Audi Club. I, so many people I saw in the community had done it and like um, so the APB was out on this car. I know like Mike Callahan from Rotiform and Jamie were both like perusing. Like they had, they'd been on Facebook perusing like golf all tracks for sale green. And one popped up at like a hokey low price in Denver. And like, like they were doing background checks on the person who was selling it. And then the car disappeared and like all really weird. Right. And then, and then, uh, um, so uh, an enthusiast who knew of the car sees it parked at a construction site and call, and they got a hold of Sean and he offered to sit there and watch the car until Sean showed up. So like, and he was sketched out, right? Like if this yeah. guy shows up, what am I going to do? Yeah. Like was the guy working the construction site? Like was he there the whole time? Who knows? But like Sean went and got his spare key and like rolled down to the construction site and like 
if you see pictures of the car on Sean's social media, he's MDE Wood, I think, on Instagram. Like it, the back window is that must be how they got in the car, right, like the right back passenger window. Smashed. Yeah, but like otherwise, you know, maybe a couple bruises, but he got the thing back, and I mean, still the other stuff, including his computer and whatever else that were in the truck, is you know still missing. But like, yeah, it sounds like they've got a leak, or they there was at least enough material left within the car to potentially find the guy. I'd be curious for Sean. He might want to get that rekeyed or at least re-mobilizer. Yeah, if right. The guy's got one key. It, the same thing could happen again. Does he have a key though? I wonder how that works, right? Because like maybe there was a spare key in the truck. I, I never asked that last. Yeah, that, that would be my like. That was the first thing I heard when he when I or thought of when I heard that he slunk in there with the other key and was able to drive it out. Was that's got to get re-mobilizered? That yeah, it was something else. Yeah. Well, that, that's what like so because he worked for Volkswagen. The question was like, could you do? because if these cars have positioning in them like i know with the audis like in the app you can see where the car is right right, right. so listen up to you don't steal cars because like i can see where my car is at all at all times but like um but like that whether it's that or somebody messaged me and like boy you should even just like to put like a like a what's the apple air tag, yeah. air tag in it which i did when i put the rs6 in california and we were like shipping it and before i had it like my app and stuff all hooked up to it i got an air tag and threw it in the back and was like you know, if something happens to this car in California and gets stolen, I'm not, you know, and I got to fly home the next week. I'm not going to stick around and try and find it. So, like, right, you know, be something to kind of help you get it a little bit further, right? And I was able to track it the whole way home. I mean, the the weird thing is, like, I know, like, uh, my colleague Talia was like driving the car around in Monterey that year, mm-hmm. and because I had an air tag in the back, her phone's pinging her that like there's an air tag following you because it's tracked, yeah, yeah. in the back of the car she's driving. <laughs> You know what I mean? But that's sketchy too, right? That people would do that, like to use air because t- I've heard of that in like oh. the Northeast. Their car thieves are like putting air tags on cars or like products, right? Yeah. Maybe not always air tags too, but like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's backpacks. I, I've I've heard of one where it was a backpack um, that you know the air tag was in there, and the phone notification she she got a notification that someone was tracking effectively her location and she brought it through her bag and found an air tag like that in her bag that wasn't hers no her bag not her air tag so someone had dropped an air tag in her bag while she was in a public setting uh and began tracking her it, it's like not only can this tech be really positive it has equal opportunity to be negative so it, it's yeah good. there's like notices to tell you hey just a heads up yeah but even there you've got a I mean, like AirTag, for instance, you've got to have an Apple device or right. you've got to, there's an app you can get as well, but you got to know to put that on your Android to like. Right. Are you going to be that forward? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jeez. Uh-huh. World. world. It is, right? Like you figured out, so let's think about like the old Vortex days, like it was pr- kind of a, even though people were starting shit with each other, like it was like, they haven't, people hadn't really, other than porn, people hadn't really figured out how to use the internet for like. Uh, less 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 than you know what admirable reasons and like, yeah yeah at this at this uh, point we're so far down the road of like of like you know you know we have like global players with like bullshit accounts on twitter and you know whatever like you give humans something long enough they'll, they'll figure out ways to use the of, of, of carlos danger and you know anthony Weiner right uh, online interaction yeah it's crazy here we are, just a couple of old men complaining, but you're not that old, so. Eh, I feel 45. I, it's fine. <laughs> or 55. Take me on. As, as the gray hair is filling in my beard with each. Are you getting some? New customer complaint. I love it. I'm, I honestly, I say it every day. I'm so excited to go gray. I, I think the, the, the peppered and full silver look, it's going to look great. And I want to 
I want to start tomorrow, but I I'll you want the uh, the the world's most interesting. What was the guy? Like uh, oh, the Dosekis dude, Dosekis uh, guy, who's homeless now or something like that, or he was he really? before he was the Dosekis man. It was one of those stories. But he's got a great silver look. I'd like to think it's great, but yeah, no, it, see, I'm emulating. Yeah, <laughs> tell people. You know, so you start getting like offers to be this community Santa Claus or whatever, then you go. And like, yeah. in, in twenty years, I'll, I'll be you, and, and I'll be happy with that. Hopefully, you have more hair up top. We'll see. Um, cool, man. Fantastic. Dude. Well, thank you for, for for reaching out and you know asking if we could be involved. I, I certainly enjoy it. And would love to yeah. do more in the future in whatever capacity. Uh, agreed. We, we love working with you guys. So um, fantastic. Man. Well, forward to doing more. Stay warm. You should, you should go eat dinner. Uh, yeah, have a nice Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, that too. Have a nice Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. Don't get COVID a fourth time. I should be okay. I got maybe three more weeks before I get COVID. Got yeah, it. you probably have some killer uh, antiviral stuff in your for now your system now. Anyway. Yeah. All right, man. <laughs> All right, dude. We'll talk later. Take care. Thanks for your time today. Yeah, of course.